0: I'd just like to point out that That, that all this attorney is doing is making allegations. That's an easy thing to do. There's been not one scintilla of evidence been presented to any court anywhere. And on my behalf, and the other councilmen choose as they wish, I categorically deny each and everything you say, and you cannot prove them in a court of law. I'm going to tell you what the truth is. There's not one iota of truth in any of the allegations. Just just for the record, I'm going to say to you, Mr. Mayor, I appreciate everything you've done. I have full faith and confidence in your ability, your integrity, and I think as time goes on, that will be borne out. So I appreciate what you... And I'm certain the rest of the council does as well. Thanks, sir. Welcome to On Point and Counterpoint podcast, episode 27. Folks, those were just a small sample of Hobbs and Huffy's self-protective, self-justifying remarks over the last six or seven months since their unethical and, in some cases, illegal acts began to be exposed. We've gotten nothing but denials and threats out of these two. Instead of recognizing that the cause of all this turmoil inside the city is, is looking at them in the mirror, these two keep doubling down, they keep spinning the facts, and they keep lying. Well, we were barely one year into this new council. And where are we? All right, there are now four civil lawsuits pending against the city naming council members individually as defendants. Four. I know I'm repeating myself here, but to put that into perspective, council members Earl Williams, Camille Payne, Roy Campbell, David Lewis, Jay Flowers, Don Sims, and I were never sued individually on a a city-related suit in our combined 100 years plus on the council. But right now, Terry Scott is a defendant in one civil lawsuit. Huffy is a defendant in two civil lawsuits. And bless his heart, our illustrious mayor is in a whopping four. But folks, all of this drama, all of the antics, all of the silliness, all of the legal entanglement seen thus far pales in comparison to what happened this week. On Thursday, February the 7th, the clerk for the Thomas County Superior Court published something called a true bill of indictment, charging Greg Hobbs with six criminal counts, four of them felonies. Hobbs is charged with one count of falsely reporting a crime, two counts of making a false statement, and three counts of violating an oath by a public officer. Okay, I've gone over some of this in a previous episode, but I will cover it in a little bit more detail here, as these events are what have led to our illustrious mayor being charged with six criminal counts. Also, the publication of the True Bill of Indictment um, revealed some additional information, which I was unaware of when I covered this uh, on a previous podcast. Okay, on May 15th of this year, excuse me, of May, May 15th of last year, 2018, I received an email from Kay McDonald, the interim city manager, informing me that the meeting pay received by council members in the past was inaccurate, and as such, additional monies were owed. Again, I've covered this before, but I will quickly go through this. City council members get a base salary of $600 per month. The mayor gets 700 per month. In addition, city council members get paid for up to six meetings per month, uh, the mayor for seven meetings per month. Um, these are usually in-town meetings, so, so don't get this confused with the out-of-town travel and training expenses. All right, the rate that the council members are paid, and this is set forth in the city charter, it is a daily rate set by the Georgia General Assembly. Now, Unknown to me, and and I guess unknown to all within the city, this rate was changed by the legislature um, from $105 per meeting to $173 per meeting way back in 2007. Now, the email I received from Ms. McDonald said this, quote, Right now, we're going to make pay adjustments from 2016 to present. If we need to make, if we need to go further back than that, I will let you and any other council members affected by this adjustment know what to expect. End quote. Um, Basically, a determination was made quickly by the city, by Ms. McDonald and by the city attorney, that the city had to go back and make the the higher payments, these higher meeting uh, payments for 2016 and 2017. And that research was being uh, done to determine if funds uh, were owed to council members relating to service prior to 2016. Clearly, Ms. McDonald leaves the door wide open to make additional payments relating to meeting pay prior to 2016, if that was warranted. Okay, then the next day after receiving that email from Ms. McDonald... Um, she sent me another email which I will read in its entirety. Quote, "Please stop by Vicky's office and sign the payroll forms for the retroactive pay. When the checks are ready next Friday, you can stop by Vicky's office and pick them up." End quote. Now these emails, this email from Ms. McDonald was sent only to Don Sims and I. Um, we were the only two former council members who served in 2016 and 2017, but I assume that the city council members received very similar or identical communication uh, from Ms. McDonald. Per Ms. McDonald's request, I stopped by Vicki Bryson's office and signed the documents. Um, when I arrived, Ms. Bryson had a folder which contained my document that I was supposed to sign and, and, and apparently all the other council members' documents, which although I didn't look at them, they looked virtually identical to mine um, from from just seeing them when, when Miss Bryson was flipping through them to find mine. Now, about these documents or about this document These are the most plain-jane, vanilla documents imaginable. The documents that that, the council members um, and the affected former council members needed to sign were called payroll status change notices. And all the document does is calculate the amount of the lump sum payment the elected, uh, the affected council member is receiving. That's it. There is nothing at all. About there not being any additional money coming to you, um, nothing about future payments or really anything. Any reasonable person uh, could find objection objectionable on them. I will post Hobbs payroll status change notice on this podcast Facebook page, and you can see for the for yourself that there is really nothing objectionable from a, from a recipient's perspective on it. I subsequently received an email from Ms. McDonald informing me that the checks for the council member's back pay would be available on May the 29th, which is the date that the check which was cut to me uh, was dated. Okay, when Greg Hobbs came to the city admin building on or about June 1st of, of last year to pick up his check, Apparently, he was angry that the check only covered 2016 Ford and not 2010, which is when he took office, Ford. He then accused Ms. Bryson and Ms. McDonald of forging his signature on that payroll document. Uh, again, this happened on or about June 1, 2018. Now, this amount of back pay that he objected to which was $13,804, was identical identical to the amount that Ms. McDonald had emailed more than two weeks earlier. She had sent an email saying this is what everybody's going to get. All seven affected uh, council members and former council members knew what, what everybody... Uh, all the other council members and former council members were receiving as a result of this this uh, uh, correction of the um, error. The schedule she sent to the present and former council members shows all these calculations for everyone so Hobbs knew or should have known what amount was going to be on his form and what amount the check should have been for. But I, I, I guess not. So, Hobbs accuses the two ladies of forging his signature. I've said this multiple times, but, but this is just way beyond illogical. Why on earth would they even consider doing this? I understand that Jay Flowers and maybe one other council member didn't get by Ms. Bryson's office and sign the form in time. And guess what happened? They didn't get a check until the next cycle. They had to sign the paper and they got put into the next pay cycle. It is utter nonsense to believe that these two would forge Hobbs' signature just so Hobbs could get a check early. Okay, what does Hobbs do next? I'm quoting directly from a news release from the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Quote, The GBI was requested to initiate an investigation by the Thomas County District Attorney's Office into financial documents that allegedly had the signature of Thomasville Mayor Greg Hobbs forged on them. The request was received on June 4, 2018. Hobbs had previously met with officials at the district attorney's office and made the allegations which prompted the investigation request by the district attorney's office, end quote. So sometimes after Hobbs picks up his check, gets mad about the amount and accuses Ms. Bryson and Ms. McDonald uh, on or about June 1 and, and, and June 4th, sometime between June 1st and June 4th, He goes to the district attorney, which then made the investigation request to the GBI. They made this request on June 4th, 2018. Okay, on that same day, June 4th, 2018, Hobbs texted David Husteller in reference to Kay McDonald, quote, she has to go, end quote. Hobbs then meets with the GBI on June the 7th. This tells me a lot, folks. Hobbs had nearly a week between initially accusing these ladies of forgery and this meeting with the GBI. He had a week in which he could have looked at some not very old emails. These emails by June 7th would have been only three weeks old from Kay explaining the Council Black pay computations. He had a week to think over his actions and his accusations. He had a week to come to his senses. But no, she has to go. Monty Lewis apparently wanted Kay McDonald fired. Six weeks prior to this, Huffy texted Hobbs, quote, you get a text from Monty a few minutes ago referring, firing Tim, Kay, end quote. Now, we don't have Hobbs' text because he refuses to comply with the Georgia Open Records laws, uh, for which he is presently being sued, but we can see from Huffstetler's incomplete texts that Monty Lewis apparently sent a message to Hobbs about wanting Kay McDonald, and I presume Tim Sanders, the city attorney, fired. So, there you go. She has to go. Okay, back to June seven. So Hobbs, after a week to stew on it, quote, did willfully and knowingly cause a false report of the crime of forgery in the first degree to be given to Special Agent Matt Marchant of the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, end quote. That is is straight from the indictment. Hobbs is also charged with making a false statement and two counts of violation of, of oath of office by a public officer stemming from this June 7th meeting. That's that's counts one through four in the indictment. So after this June 7th meeting with the GBI, an investigation is initiated. I don't know the schedule of who was contacted and, and when they were contacted, but by June the 13th, the 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 two accused had wisely lawyered up, and the city had received an anti anti notice from their attorney Robert Howell I'm not sure this is a complete list, but it appears based on the indictment that the two accused Ms Bryson and Ms McDonald, plus Felicia Brannan, the city clerk, Loana Jackson of the city's human resource Human Resources Department, and Chris White, the Assistant Superintendent of Utilities, and Keith Bass, the former Interim Superintendent of Utilities, were all interviewed uh, in in this investigation by the GBI at least once. Okay, also, at some point, the document in question was received by Peter Belcastro of the Federal Bureau of Investigations' Questioned Documents Unit. Okay, based on what can be seen in the indictment, it looks like the GBI hit this pretty hard. They took it seriously. They interviewed at least nine folks and probably many more. They got the FBI involved. They took this seriously because it's a pretty serious crime that Greg accused Ms. McDonald and Ms. Bryson of. In Georgia, forgery in the first degree has a minimum of a one-year prison sentence and a maximum of 15-year prison sentence. So, after what what looks like a pretty intense investigation, based on the indictment, the GBI found that no forgery had occurred. Hobbs had falsely accused these ladies of a crime. But, but again, based on the indictment, it looks like there was at least one more meeting with Hobbs. Folks... This would be comical if if it wasn't so pathetic. It, it appears from the indictment, and again, I, I will put the indictment document on the Facebook page for this podcast, but it appears from the indictment that on January 24th, 2019, just two weeks before Hobbs was indicted, he met with the GBI again. A, a little bit reading between the lines here, but but it appears that that possibly after being confronted with the evidence that no forgery of his signature occurred, Hobbes doubled down and, and came up with a whole new set of lies. Okay, now consider this. Hobbes was probably shown or had to, had described to him the accumulated evidence. He probably should have expected um, if, if he knew it or not, he probably should have expected that not only was his payroll status change notice reviewed in, in the course of this investigation, but the other six uh, current and former council members' forms would have also been reviewed. I, I don't know that that happened, um, but I certainly would have expected for that to have happened. Hobbs also would have known, again, this was on January 24, 2019, just two weeks before he was indicted, he would have known that a civil lawsuit against him and the city had been filed by the ladies who he had falsely accused of a crime in December of 2018. That lawsuit had been filed well over a month before he had this next meeting with the GBI. In short, he should have known by this point that the document being discussed was going to be the most scrutinized document of his life. So what does he do? As described in count five of his indictment, Hobbs told the GBI, quote, that the lump sum payment information on the city of Thomasville payroll status change notice was placed on said document After accused signed said document when, in fact, said lump sum payment information was on said document at the time of said accused signing, end quote. Now, that's a little uh, cumbersome language there. Um, That's the way a lot of these uh, legal language in in, in indictments reads. But here's what he was saying. So Hobbs knew he was busted on the forgery accusation. So, time for a new set of lies. What's he say? Oh, yeah. Now I remember. I signed a blank document. Then those nasty folks filled it in after I signed it. All right. Remember that there were six other documents almost identical to this one, varying only by the name of the council member and the amounts. I know I didn't sign a document, a blank document, Um. I didn't review all the other council members' documents, but I know that when Ms. Bryson was flipping through them to find mine, they weren't blank. Or maybe he says his wasn't blank, but somebody changed it after he signed it. Um, wouldn't he have to think that the FBI could figure this out? And again, remember this amount, this $13,804, um That was on forged, never mind, not forged, um, blank or or, or maybe an altered document uh, had had been emailed to him two weeks before the checks were issued. So Hobbs is suggesting that, that a blank document or a document with some different amount is what he signed. Then... After he signed it, somebody sneakily changed it to the amount that had been emailed to the entire council two weeks before the checks were cut. Folks, that that's completely insane. I mean, it's nutso. However, I, I guess this Hail Mary effort to extricate himself from the pit that he had dug— um, I guess he was trying to, to fix it with one more set of lies. But all that resulted in was two more criminal counts being added to what he's being charged with. Um, folks, that's counts five and counts six of the indictment. Okay, so next, this goes to the grand jury on, I think, February the 6th. It appears as if the grand jury was presented evidence from uh, six current or former city employees, the city attorney and another employee of his firm, an assistant district attorney, the um, FBI document investigator, and the GBI investigator. Now, a grand jury consists of up to 23 citizens. In this case, again, based on the indictment documents, it looks like there were 19, Um, It's my understanding that no matter what that number is, 23, 19, whatever, at least 12 people have to vote for at least 12 of the members of the grand jury, no matter what the total size of the grand jury is, at least 12 have to vote to indict, which it looks like what happened here. Um, We don't know what the vote was as as grand jury proceedings are secret. All right. The true bill, the indictment, was published by the clerk of court the next day, February 7th, and Hobbs was, quote, arrested, unquote, uh, and released on his own recognizance after that. Now, there will be some kind of preliminary hearing, likely within the next month, but I'm not going to get into the whole trial process on this episode, However, a couple points about some of what's happened, some of what happens next. It's likely there will be what's called a stay or a pause on the civil litigation against Hobbs brought by the two ladies accused of forgery uh, pending the outcome of this criminal case. The other civil cases that are are in process, and, and remember there are three other civil cases, I believe that those will go forward uh, unaffected by um, Mr. Hobbs' uh, criminal indictment. Also, in these civil cases, uh, the city, through its insurance carrier, GERMA, or Georgia Interlocal Risk Management Authority, has been paying Hobbs and other council members legal fees. That will not be the case for his criminal defense attorneys. Okay. Okay. So, what does this mean for Hobbs' future as mayor and his future on the city council? The rest of the council can, by a majority vote, removes, remove Hobbs as mayor. He would still be on the city council, though. The decision to suspend Hobbs from the city council belongs to Governor Kemp. I, I, In as soon as two weeks after being indicted, the governor may appoint a three-member commission comprised of other elected officials with no relationship to the indicted officeholder. So, Mr. Huffstetler can't get himself appointed to Mr. Hobbs' review commission. This commission will then conduct an investigation and make a recommendation to the governor about suspending the officeholder. All right, were the governor to suspend Mr. Hobbs, he would be suspended until and if and when he was acquitted. If he was found guilty at trial, he would remain suspended pending a possible appeal. The governor would appoint somebody to fill his seat on the city council through the end of Mr. Hobbs' current term, which runs through uh, 2021. Were Hobbs suspended, he would still be paid the base pay of a council member during the time he was suspended. Um, I have seen and heard from from several directions that, that Greg Hobbs is telling folks that this is all political, that this is being done to cover up something, that folks are trying to take him down to keep the truth from coming out. This is, this is almost verbatim in several places, particularly in social media. Folks, th- there's a special procedures audit, um, which I think will be completed soon. This audit was done because of Hobbs and Huffey's supporters, they themselves, whatever, their various conspiracy theories. I- I'd, I'd like to think that after this report comes out and, and debunks these conspiracy theories, it will die there. But I'm pretty sure that just new theories will make will be made up to replace the uh, theories that get debunked, whatever. Regardless, though, no matter what he says about what caused this, what the motivations are, etc., trying to cover things up, Regardless, there is absolutely one person and only one who can be blamed for this indictment, and that is Greg Hobbs. He chose to falsely report two very fine ladies for a crime which, if his charade had played out the way he wanted, would have resulted in their imprisonment, destroyed their reputations, ended their career, and likely have wiped them out financially, but but as Hobbs said to Huffy three days before he met with the GBI, quote, she has to go, end quote, so destroy lives, ruin people, whatever, as evidenced in the Archer report, which found at least four incidents of Hobbs lying to protect himself or to further one of his many schemes, nothing, certainly not the truth. Truth will stop him if if someone gets in his way. Folks, this is a very sad event for Thomasville. There are not going to be winners here. Uh, While I'm very... uh, thankful for the people involved in the investigation uh, for conducting what appears to be a pretty thorough investigation I am very thankful that the two ladies that were falsely accused of this crime uh, have now been apparently vindicated um, but but folks there, there are not going to be winners in this I mean this is this is a sad thing for the city of Thomasville I, I, I feel bad for the uh, city employees who are having to go through this, uh, the the accused uh, ladies' families, everybody involved, and, and I feel sorry for Mister. Hobbs in this, um, but unfortunately, this is a situation that uh, he he got himself into. Somebody very close to one of the uh, ladies being investigated sent me a a verse from Hosea. This is chapter eight, verse seven, that I think is applicable here. For they have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. Thank you very much for listening. I'll be back soon.